Welcome everyone to Hey Yo Radio. I'm Mark the White. I'm joined by Scott Tyson. Just as we advertised last week, we're taking an old school and taking talking about the current goings on within the world of professional wrestling. So, uh, what's going on, Scott? How are you this week? I'm doing great. Unlike Bobby the Brain Heenan, since we're kicking it old school, I am not outside the building. I am in my own house. But I have not been thrown out by Gorilla Monsoon, nor have I stolen any toilet paper from the building that may be exposed as the episode goes on. So I'm doing okay. <laughs> that was such a great episode of Raw. You know, I, we were talking about this, you know, um, using the music that we're, we're opening with tonight. Um, I went back and I was watching that again. You know, I, I, I love seeing stuff like that. Bobby Heenan was just amazing, you know. But the thing that gets me is back in the day... I, I don't I know who Rob Bartlett is from the Imus in the Morning show, um, but I wouldn't really think that the Imus in the Morning show people would be the same people watching Monday Night Raw. Just my guess. So I don't really understand why Rob Bartlett was a big get for Vince McMahon back in '93. Yeah, and for me, having no idea who Imus was living down. Further, much further down south. Um, I, I didn't know who the guy was. I, I couldn't really understand why he was on there and not someone else I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember Yokozuna opening up that first night with Coco Beware and Rob Bartlett uttering the phrase because uh, his ass is as big as an amphitheater. Yeah. And, and Vince trying to sell it as this, this such a funny, funny line. It's okay. But um, yeah, I know he didn't last too super long. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Now we, there were a couple of people that might have filled his chair a little bit better. Bobby Heenan, Jerry the King Lawler, yep, uh, the Macho yeah. Man. There's a handful that might have kept the seat warm for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, we're going uh, we're going old school. Uh, so we're just going to be talking about the current goings on in professional wrestling. So I'm going to hand the uh, the reins over to you uh, mm. for our first uh, first topic of discussion here. Well, it's very fortuitous that we use the the original Raw opening theme because we're going to talk about someone who uh, was prominently featured there early in the run of Monday Night Raw, one Marty Jannetty. We haven't had the opportunity to discuss the goings-on, and for those who have been living in the Rock and, and don't know, uh, it is alleged by him, not by someone else, that he may have, uh, quote, made a person disappear, and not the first, the first of many, perhaps, uh, for, I guess, attempted uh, sexual assault when he was 13, uh, buying weed at a bowling alley. Mark, you haven't had the opportunity to weigh in on your feelings on this. Do you do you have any particularly strong feelings about uh, about this situation? Well, I mean, I, I can tell you that when I met Marty Jannetty back at uh, WrestleCon uh, 2019, that he was just really kind of all over the place. Um, there was a guy at a table across from him that I guess his, I don't know, his, uh, his, his vision isn't what it used to be. Uh, the guy was sort of dressed up in a suit that I guess I could say that Jim Cornette may have worn at one point throughout his career, but the guy was definitely not Jim Cornette. Yet Marty swore up and down that he was Jim Cornette. And he was trying to get his attention to... Uh, say hi to him it was kind of sad yeah you know it it is a shame if you, if you go back and look at uh the the breakup of the rockers when marty Gennetti threw himself through the uh, glass window of the barbershop 
I knew he was going to do that. Exactly. That's how I remember it to be. Um, it's interesting because he, he kind of flailed away a little bit here and then disappeared. Um, and then he actually showed up, if I remember right, in the USWA for a little bit of while. He, he, he tried to be a heel um, and had a kind of a short feud with Jerry Lawler. And, I, and then coming out of that's when the WWF at the time re-picked him back up and brought him back in for that Intercontinental title run, which I thought was a pretty good run. Honestly, uh, being a, a yeah. surprise opponent for Shawn Michaels, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, you know, I, I always, I, I always liked him. Um, he was never like a great talker, um, but a lot of times, like when uh, when he was included in, um, like Razor Ramon had his uh, his friends, like the One Two Three Kid, and. Marty Jannetty, and there were a few others. I think like Aldo Montoya was also um, one of his friends, along with Savio Vega at one point, and um, you know, just like secondary guys to to help him out uh, in his feuds with like the Million Dollar Corporation or or whoever. Um, I, I always liked Marty, you know, and when uh, when he tagged with the kid, I also I, I liked Marty Jannetty and One Two Three Kid as a tag team, but. They didn't tag very long, uh, for whatever reason. I don't know, but um, I, I thought they made a pretty fun tag team. You know, a lot of like high flying, mo- high flying moves and uh, just quick action. You know. Yeah, I thought I thought that was a that was a really good series of matches that they had. Uh, you know, he he disappears kind of in the night, uh, right right before I think it's WrestleMania ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been the. Uh, the uh, lawsuit that was brought uh, forward uh, by that 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 individual, I guess, that was hit with the rocker dropper, um, and, and right. suffered injuries. Yeah, and then then all of a sudden he pops up in ECW uh, for what a, a month or two, couple of months, and uh, uh, actually had it actually had a shot at the TV title and the world title, but uh, didn't win either one of them. And then magically, it's like Lucky Charms. He magically reappears back in the WWF as friends with Razor and. Uh, I know he was with uh, then Leaf Cassidy, Al Snow, as the, yeah, the for new the, rockers. Uh, for the new rockers, you know, the, yes. uh, the heel tag team. Yes. That didn't um, really work out. He didn't. Again, and then, of course, he disappears for a while, uh, which seemed to have been the MO after uh, his first uh, let go of the w- from the WWE. He was in WCW for a while, I guess. I remember those, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to say that was about the time Thunder was going, I think. If I if and I've listened to 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff uh, some and he talks about trying to fill out a talent roster to have two shows that was the you know original idea um, but he was just he really was enhancement unfortunately at that time mm-hmm. uh, to some of the stars and you know and then he just completely disappeared for a good long while and then all of a sudden in the mid 2000s he's back with Shawn Michaels and they're they're teaming up against uh who was it, uh, La Resistance, I believe. Yeah, and that was also during um wasn't that that, that was during uh Shawn's feud with Kurt Angle, right? I believe so. What does he mean by that? Yeah, because he didn't uh, have a match with him. Yeah, because I think he had a match with, with Kurt running a, uh leading up to the uh the Shawn match. And uh and then after that like they kinda like reconciled and were tagging together for a little while. Which was fun, you know. It was kind of cool to see uh, those two together again as a team, but you know, it definitely wasn't. It, it wasn't something that they were going to go with long term, you know. 
No, and it, it's one of those weird things because after he had his match with Kurt Angle, WWE was very happy with what they saw. They signed him to a new contract, and he, almost immediately he gets arrested. And uh, so they let him go uh, shortly thereafter. Um, and then during the uh, Spirit Squad issues with Shawn Michaels, he came out to save Shawn Michaels uh, at one point, uh, if I remember right. Um, but again, he he still had problems and issues. And at, even at a certain point, um, even, even WWE pulls back and says, okay, we've had enough. Um, yeah. Although I do think he appeared one of the anniversary shows, I think. I believe he was with, he did an interview or something with Sean. Um, okay. And I, and I think after that, I, I the only other thing I remember him doing was Chikara. Uh, really? Kind of. Yeah, he did. I think I want to say he was in one of the King of Trios, uh, their their six man oh, okay. competition. Well, that, that makes sense. Yeah, um, I, I I think that's the last time I saw anything about him actually performing, and it's really a shame because he had you know tremendous ability. Obviously, look at the way he put himself through the the, the glass window. Um, oh, I knew he was going to do that. But if you go back and watch any old Memphis, because when they were in the AWA as the Midnight Rockers. Mm-hmm. They were working heel in Memphis and uh, were actually in a feud with the Rock and Roll Express, of all things. But if you go back and, and you can see some of the stuff, if you have a Roku, there's a, a wrestling channel. Uh, Jarrett Parsons has a bunch of it. And um, you can see when all the interviews are taking place, it's Sean doing all the talking. Sean is just, he was cutting his teeth very, very well as a heel. He's, you could see he was going to be very good at it. Mm-hmm. Marty was just sort of the uh, road warrior animal. Tell him Hawk kind of thing, and yeah. Hawk would do all the talking. It was that way in Memphis early on, where Sean was doing all the talking. Mm. So I um, mean, you, you could kind of see there. Okay, there's there there's some difference in separation and in, in the personalities and the ability to get the personalities over. Um, if it's true, it's unfortunate. To my knowledge, I'm not a lawyer, but there is no statute of limitations on murder. Yeah. Um, and I also know that some people will say things on social media just to get attention from people. Or my personal favorite mark is someone put something just so completely ambiguous they're just begging for you to ask a question. Mm-hmm. And why did you just tell me what you wanted to tell me? Why are you trying to lead me along here? Just what is it you want? Um, sure. So it's re- it's really hard to tell with him. I mean, at one point he was in love with maybe his daughter, I believe, at one point. That's right. I uh, do remember something like that. That was yeah. creepy. And, and here's the kicker yeah. of it. I, I, I wasn't alerted by you or by any current wrestling fans. It was one of my best friends in Florida, who's a lapsed wrestling fan, he said, hey, did you hear about Marty Jannetty? So even he still dips his toe in occasionally. So well, It's it's all over the place. Like TMZ picked it up. I think it was even on ESPN. Like th- this is not something that just went under the radar. You know, like when, when he put that out there on, on it was Facebook, right? I, I think so. I believe it was, yeah. You know, when he put it down, out there on Facebook, like it just got picked up immediately and it was all over the place. Well, and I, if I if I remember right, uh, they actually have opened an investigation uh, into that particular instance. I think you're right. Yeah. And um, you know, the day and age in which we live, people are going to check and find out. Heck, they reopened an investigation on the lady that was on Tiger King about what happened to her husband. Did he disappear? Did she feed him to some tigers? It's really hard to say. So they're you know they're opening that reinvesti- that investigation from yeah. 25 years ago. So you know what and 
in our world right now, nothing would surprise me. So disappointing to hear that news, but I can't say I'm completely surprised based on his behavior, uh, erratic behavior over the last several years. Um, So who knows, man? Who knows? Maybe we'll find out an answer at some point. Yeah, it's a shame, you know, because like we said, you know, we we liked Marty Jannetty, you know, he, he he wasn't the you know the most flamboyant personality, but you know his his um, his action in the ring was always good. You know, he 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 always came to put on a decent match. Uh, it wasn't there was never a time in his career that I can think of where it's just like he went out there and just had a stinker of a match. You know, he was always. It wasn't that his matches were fantastic, but they also weren't bad. You know, that he was mm-hmm. always consistent. You know, he was always consistently a decent worker. And uh, it didn't matter who he was working with either. You know, you put him with someone a little bit larger or you put him with more of a cruiserweight. And it, you know, he just, he was versatile. And, and I, I kind of feel like so much emphasis is given on the, the personality perspective. of Well, if they don't have a great personality they can't be successful. That's not true. There have been a lot of performers who were journeymen or journeywomen who mm-hmm. didn't have the greatest personality but were tr- tremendous performers. I think Dean Malenko as as one of the best pure oh, wrestlers. Sure. But his personality was never going to put him over the top. Yeah, he, he's got no personality. But, man, his, his work in the ring, I, I, I loved his stuff back in WCW. It's just a shame that they, uh, they used him as poorly as they did in WWE. And the other one I would bring up from from a few years past would be Brad Armstrong, who was a tremendous wrestler, but about as vanilla as they came personality-wise. I mean, he could match move for move with Ric Flair or anyone else, but he just he didn't have the personality to put out in front of the camera. Um, yeah, it so, it I mean, also didn't help the uh, that the gimmicks that they would stick him into, you know, like when when he was Arachnaman and oh, you, you hit so, on a good one there. Do you remember when he was Bad Street, one of the free yeah, there was bad Yeah, there was Bad Street. Yeah. There was Buzzkill, which was just a ripoff of uh, of the Road Dog. Like, I mean, the guy wasn't able to be himself, and even at that, like when he was himself, he just didn't have the personality to to match what he could do in the ring to to really put him like get him to that next level, you know. But he was always there. He was always sure. in WCW. You know, he, I I remember getting really angry over the Buzzkill thing. Because I liked Brad Armstrong a lot, and I just I got so annoyed with with you know, I can imagine how great uh, family dinners were. Yeah, Brad, how's it going? Not not bad, Brian. How's it going? What are you doing? I'm basically doing you. What are you doing? You know, I, <laughs> geez, man. Um, and, and you know, a, a lot of these performers. I think this opens up a larger discussion. I would love to get your your opinion on this when all the territories got bought up and everything went national. I think some personalities work better in a smaller contained territory than a national TV product, because on the national TV product, you really need to be a personality that's, that's ratcheted up to the nth degree. Um, Memphis stuff works in Memphis, but um, don't take that stuff, you know, don't take that stuff into the Carolinas. And you, you listen to Jim Cornette's podcast or some of the older uh, people, uh, Different territories didn't like other people's styles necessarily, and they didn't want those people. We like what sells tickets for us, but unfortunately, when everything's national, it's got to fit this mold, and that's what 
that's what wrestling has morphed into now. You fit the WWE mold, or I would argue AEW has their sort of independent model style. Uh-huh. Um, that's the mold they want. Some people like it, and they're fans of it, and that's great. I'm not against it. Like what you like. Um, but that's why, again, I, I always come back to that's why I typically will enjoy NXT more than anything else because we like that, what we that, like. yeah, and, and I'm okay with that. It doesn't make me right and you wrong or whatnot. It's just that's that's my appetite. And that'll be our segue uh, into the next thing, and that is you have not had the opportunity to address the Pat McAfee, Adam Cole situation. So I'm going to take a step back for a moment. I'm going to let you have your say on this. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, you know, I, I mean, I, I get it. You know, Adam Cole just lost the uh, the NXT title to uh, to Keith Lee. And it's great, you know, that, that they're trying to find something else to do with him to, to take him away from the Keith Lee feud. That That's fine. I, I don't have an issue with that. Uh, what I do have an issue with is, you know, let's throw him into a match against a a commentator guy who's a former uh, hunter or whatever in the National Football League who has um, some kind of talk show. Like, really? This, this is what you've got for him? Uh, I mean, there are so many other people uh, on the roster that he can have good matches with. It doesn't have to be for the NXT title just because he was the last champion. I, I don't... I just I don't understand this. Like, why... Of all people, Pat McAfee? Come on. You know, I, I mean... I, I get it that Karrion Cross is going after the title, but he was doing his TikTok TikTok to Adam Cole. Why can't we get a payoff in that? Um, it just seems like there's there's so much else that you could do with Adam Cole than to stick him with Pat McAfee for a match. I mean, who? Uh, and it's just it's not helping either, you know, because McAfee saying is like, oh well, he wants to face me. Uh, He's been wrestling for 12 years. I, I, I have, what, two weeks to prepare, you know. Okay, great. So, you know, if Adam Cole beats him, then, uh, you know, it's, it goes back to the uh, the, the whole, you, you call your opponent a piece of crap, and it's like, all right, well, fine. You know, if you go and you lose to him, then you lost to a piece of crap. If you beat him, then, well, you beat a piece of crap. You know, it, it's it, it doesn't, none of it speaks well for Adam Cole, you know, and it's not going to, I'm sure that he's going to sell the hell out of out of uh, everything that Pat McAfee does. It, it, I just hope that McAfee doesn't go over at, at TakeOver because I, I don't want to go down that road of Pat McAfee wrestling for NXT any more than this one match. I don't even think he should be wrestling this match, but you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not the booker. Um, I respect you, booker man. No, um... Well, a couple of things. When I when I thought about a wrestler or someone wrestling who has, and I think about Dennis Rodman in the Nitro days, and I remember him whipping out the, uh, what was it, the um, arm drag, and yeah. just everybody losing their mind because he executed an arm drag properly, which he did. It was a nice arm drag. Yeah. He did. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. So he, he came to put in the work to, to make it look. It, sorry, sorry um, to cut you off, but I, I would go so far to say that, like, to me, I remember watching like one of his last matches in WCW against Macho Man, and thinking like, "Wow, he really showed up to work." You know, like it's it's not he wasn't just some guy from another realm like coming here and being put over because he's from somewhere else and he can bring fans with him. Like, like 
he worked his ass off, you know, and, and kudos to him for doing that. Now, was that the porta potty match where they ended up in the porta potty? Um, no, one it, of the latter ones. It was. I I want to say it was at like Road Wild. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Was there a porta potty in there? I, I don't. Yeah, remember there, there was that one. Was I think there was a, a chain used or something in the finish. I, a lot of that stuff I've tried to block out of my mind. I'm just still unable. I'm still in therapy over it. Um, but, but that's an example of someone who's not a wrestler, but but came to put in the work exactly like you said. Um, I think of Lawrence Taylor, who, my God, give credit to Bam Bam Bigelow for what he was able to do with Lawrence Taylor in that WrestleMania match. It was passable. It was I decent. I, I know you did. I know you did. From start to finish, I, I I never understood why he was in that match, and I didn't think that he held up his end of the bargain there at all. But I'll, I'm not going to go into it any further than that. I know a lot of people give it a lot more credit than, than I do. I, I just I hated that match from, from the opening second all the way through. And I think that's the challenge when you bring in someone outside of wrestling, especially today where pretty much everyone is smart to the business in some form or fashion. Um, back then it was a little bit different. There was still a little bit of, of kayfabe involved. But now people are going to be watching okay let's let's see what he can do to perform and he you know he made the statement about being trained a little bit by rip rogers who is just he's a wonderful teacher worked with uh, jim Cornette in uh ohio valley wrestling in ovw um we're gonna see uh this this really to me steps nxt out of what i would consider to be its comfort zone mm-hmm. um they're not big on emphasizing outside entities that that aren't wrestling um, it's, it's just not, at least from what I remember, uh, historically what they've chosen to do. So this is, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, like you said, if Cole wins, what does he get out of it? And if Cole loses, you know, th- and it's a completely different situation. And is this a one-off? Are they looking to incorporate Pat McAfee into other things to ingrain him more into NXT? We don't know, but, um, it certainly felt like it came a little bit out of nowhere. And I know that's that's partially a response to the COVID nineteen issues that everyone's dealing with, but still, um, it feels it feels kind of rushed and just kind of uh, forced into place. Yeah, well, I mean, he he appeared like on commentary out of nowhere. You know, it, it's not like he had ever done this for NXT previously, aside from maybe pre shows of pay per views or, or NXT takeovers. So to have him sitting in on commentary on a weekly NXT pr- program, it just didn't make a lot of sense. It, well, it would make more sense if that had ever happened previously, but here it didn't. I do maybe want to correct you a little bit, and this is official. This is on a website, so it must be true. Uh, Pat McAfee has a show on CBS Sports Radio, and he lists himself as, quote, he's a former all-pro NFL punter. A stand-up comedian, a football and professional wrestling analyst, and a social media star. Okay. I, I ask you, what could go wrong? What could go yeah, wrong? What, what can go wrong here? <laughs> and as a follow-up to that is, do you think this is sort of NXT's uh, minor miniature version of uh, more cinematic uh themes 
where they're they're taking on more cinematic or uh, topical uh, programs rather than sticking to a, a purely pro wrestling base. Does that run the risk of alienating any NXT fans going forward? Well, I, I can tell you right off the bat, it, it's somewhat alienating me. You know, so mm. you know, am I looking forward to that match in any way, shape, or form? No, I, I am not. I love Adam Cole, and I am not looking forward to that match. And I cannot say that about any other Adam Cole match over the last, what, what he's been there, about two years now or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I cannot say that about a single one previously to this. Now, there is one other thing. Uh, in the scrum that they had, uh, what, two weeks ago now, we actually we we actually were uh, not allowed to enjoy the Imperium undisputed era tag match. It was just a backdrop uh, to this particular angle, which really disappointed me because it's not like you know Imperium makes a ton of appearances. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I thought it was just kind of odd that they would waste those four talents uh, as a backdrop to this particular angle. I guess you got to get it over somehow, and you got to get it over quickly with uh, Takeover coming uh, next weekend. But I was, a little, I was a little surprised by that. But I have to say, and we were talking about it before we came on the air, funniest thing in all of that was Pat McAfee uh, telling Triple H and Shawn Michaels standing right beside him that they have a very unsafe work environment whenever that's one of the things that Shawn Michaels <laughs> alleged back uh, when he was in a feud with Bret Hart and he may or may not have had a chunk of hair pulled out, uh, snatched out yeah. of his head. So I thought that was kind of fun, unintentionally funny. Um, but again, we're seeing a little bit more of uh, uh, a cinematic quality, a little more sports entertainment, uh, dare I say, quality. Um, if anyone who's watched um, NXT this week, if you haven't, I won't super spoil it, but there's something that takes place uh, in the first segment that's very sports entertainment-like. Uh, if they had done it the way it's been done in wrestling for 30 years, I think everybody would have been like, oh, that was really cool. I mean, if you're young and haven't seen it, it's new to you, as Jim Cornette would say. Um, but I felt it was, it was, it was sports entertainment and they didn't need to do what they did the way they did uh, with Keith Lee and Karrion Cross. I think the feud can sell itself, but, um, let every, let everyone else make their decision on how they feel about that. That's just my opinion. Felt a little gimmicky to me. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's kind of weird to say, Hey, two out of the four matches that we know that are actually happening are kind of gimmicky or they've had gimmicky things surrounding them. So it's it's a, it's a different time right now in NXT, and I don't know if it's related to the pandemic or if this is the direction they're going to head going forward. I, I'm really yeah. not sure. Um, I'm going to say I'll be a little disappointed if it becomes more sports entertainment based. Mm-hmm. But but look, I've given them what five six years of my life. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna abandon ship on them now. But they have to be careful. Yeah, because- because I mean, there's there's still the you know in Triple H we trust, uh, and I like to I like to stand by that because usually you know, even when we do kind of question the uh, just the the you know where the direction of, of the program in the end, we're always happy. You know, it uh, he always brings it around to where we want it to be, and you know we'll we'll just we'll just continue on watching his amazing program. You know, so it's. You know, we'll see where where this all leads. I I really hope that this doesn't hurt um, Adam Cole too much. Um, but again, like what you said about it being the how, how the um, the tag match was 
just the backdrop for all this. Uh, it, that was really a shame because I was really looking forward to seeing Bobby Fish and especially Kyle O'Reilly being back again, mm-hmm. um, going after the tag titles. And I, you know, I know that like I guess right now is not their time in NXT. You know, they had their time with the, um, you know, when, when they all had the the belts. I forget what the what, what they termed it, um, but um, yeah, it, it's just. I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of the Undisputed Era, and, and I would have liked to see them go over again. So uh, I was very much looking forward to that match. And then when it became the Pat McAfee show and all about like Adam Cole inter- interacting with him, and it, it just it, it just turned me off from from the whole the the, the whole program. It, it just really it's 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 a shame because it, not much really does turn me off from this program, but this did. And it's not to say, again, that you can't effectively bring in non-wrestling talent to have an entertaining, uh, I won't say match, but let's say spectacle. Uh, yeah. And the, you'll remember in the in the uh, mid-90s that you had, uh, was it Kevin Green, of, of then of the Carolina Panthers? What do you mean Kevin Green? That's right. And there there is a match. You can find it on the network, YouTube, Daily, whatever makes you happy to go look it up. But it's Kevin Green, Ric Flair, Roddy Piper against Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and six of the NWO. The match, yeah, the match is in, I believe, Charlotte. And obviously, Flair and Piper are uber over and Kevin Green just because he's a Carolina Panther because that's where they're based out of, Charlotte. And he didn't do a whole lot in the match. He did his shoulder tackles, body slams, did a suplex. Nothing major, but the crowd popped for everything. But it was the rub he was getting by being with everyone else that he didn't have to do much. He was just yeah. there to be the big guy, to be the muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that worked. Um, he didn't have to put on a long match. If you ever see the match with him and and uh, Reggie White, uh, or no. Yeah, it is, it is the one with Reggie White because um, cause Mongo gets involved and, and hits him with a Halliburton over the head and starts a feud. That one you, you might want to uh, just kind of set aside, just pretend that one didn't happen. That wasn't the... Uh, the biggest thing of beauty uh, to put putting two football players in there. Yeah. But, um, but it can work. It can work. So we're going to see um, next weekend is going to be very, very interesting uh, for a number of reasons. We only have two other matches announced. So I guess we can talk about um, those as well. We touched a little on Keith Lee um, carrying cross. Anything you want to add uh, to that? Um, I'm curious to see where they go with this, you know, because you have Keith Lee, who's like a fresh new champion there, um, who was put over big time by Adam Cole, who was a long running NXT champion. Carrying uh, Cross has come in with like a, uh, I mean, the guy's been on fire, you know, he went in and had a match with um, Tommaso Ciampa and he pretty much wiped the floor with him, you know, and, and here we're talking about Tommaso Ciampa, who over the last couple of years has been a major player in NXT, you know. So they obviously, they have big hopes for him. So I don't know. I mean, they, they give him the big time entrance and boom, they're, they're hot shotting him right to the main event. And um, well, I guess I don't know if it's going to be a main event because uh, Pat McAfee, you know, but um, it's a title match. It's the title match, you know, so it's. I don't know. It, it's really weird. I don't know how they how they run the finish, but uh, 
It'll be interesting. Feels a little early to take the belt off it Keith does. Lee after you've built to winner take all champion versus champion and then for Adam Cole to put him over so strongly. It, I don't know that, that would resonate very well with the fan base if you immediately moved the belt off of him. By the same token, do you want Karrion Cross suffering its first loss? Well, if it's a long-term feud, maybe you do something like that. Maybe in, it ends up in some kind of, of weird schmoz, a DQ, or something like that. Um, I think... It doesn't really happen in NXT. You know, We, we talked about that last week uh, in our Bailey episode, available in the uh, archives at heyoradio.com. Um, it really doesn't happen very often. We, we were talking about, you know, when Bailey was taking on um, Asuka and how I thought that, you know, her title reign was a little short for my taste. But, um, and, and we thought, you know, what, what if it ended in a schmoz or something like that? And that's another thing. I, I thought about this after, after that. Um, it could have been a count out finish too. You know, that's another thing that they really don't do with NXT, you know? Um, and that would have been something that's completely believable. You know, Asuka hits a few of those kicks on the outside and Bailey's knocked out, not able to reach the ring for the count of 10, you know. Um, but again, that's an, another finish that they just don't use in NXT that they clearly could, you know. And looking back, that would have established her as a monster uh, character even more. I mean, if her kicks can knock out the champ. Well, you know, next time she gets in the ring and hits one of the two of those kicks, it's going to be over. I mean, you can work with that. So it's going to be interesting to see how they um, how they make this work with their with their grand designs are. So we have two other matches we can we can discuss. Uh, the women's championship will be on the line as Io Shirai defends against Dakota Kai. What are your thoughts here? Uh, that's an interesting matchup. I, I do like. Uh... I like them both. Um, we did kind of get into uh, talk about Io Shirai and whether, whether she's a babyface or a heel. Um, I don't know that that's still kind of up in the air to me. It seems like she's playing the babyface yet, you know, going into this whole um, different music, different attitude that she was going to be a heel because she turned on um, Candice LeRae. You know, but again, Dakota Kai has been playing up the the heel gimmick very well. Um, Seems like they've pulled her and Raquel Gonzalez apart, uh, so she's just on her own, which is okay. Uh, she's perfectly capable, but I thought that Raquel Gonzalez added a little bit of muscle to her on the outside, much like a Kevin Nash to Shawn Michaels. I, I kind of right. did like that pairing, um, but I, I think this could be a, a really good match because I do like Dakota. I think she's a really good worker. Um, she's been playing up the um, the character, the, the facials very well uh, since turning heel. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see where they go with this. I, I hope that they don't take the title off of EO, uh, but if they do, I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be pissed about it, you know, but it's just it's to me, it's just kind of muddying the waters um, as far as the women's title is concerned, just because of the whole Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley and all that stuff, you know. And that's what I was going to ask you. If they take it off Io Shirai to put it on Dakota Kai, where does that leave Rhea Ripley in all this? Yeah, I, I don't kind, know. She kind of seems very forgotten in, in the way things have turned. You never know what's going on behind the scenes. There could be injuries, other issues. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of surprising that, that that's where they ended up. But I look forward to seeing the match. And the other match that's announced is a ladder match for the NXT North American Championship. Uh, for sure, we know competing will be Bronson Reed, uh, Damian Priest, 
Cameron Grimes. And then there will be uh, two, I'm, you call them playoff semifinal matches uh, coming up next weekend or next week. It'll be Johnny Gargano against Rich Holland and Finn Balor or Finn Balor against the Velveteen Dream with two of those competitors advancing uh, into the latter match. Should Both should be really interesting matches on Wednesday night. Sure. Um, that, that has some real possibilities there on the, on the Saturday night card. It um, does. And, and the thing about it is, you know, that, that that's how the, uh, the North American championship was originally decided, you know, mm-hmm. um, in a ladder match with, I think it was like a six person ladder match. It was like EC three, Adam Cole, um, Ricochet, um, Killian Dane, Velveteen Dream, and who am I missing? Did I nail them all? Uh, let's see. You had EC3, you called Killian Dane, uh, Adam Cole, yep. Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, and you only missed one, and you know what? Uh, it's not surprising you missed it. Lars Sullivan. Oh, okay. That's would've right, been, Lars Sullivan. Would have been the other one. Yeah. That's a good memory. <laughs> That's like going back to my uh, my memory of 90, uh, 1993 WWE, you know, when it, Look, you you did good. We're going to we're cutting you slack on Lars Sullivan cuz uh, nobody <laughs> was getting that one. So, yeah, but so, it was uh, it was a heck of a match though. It was. It, it certainly was and it, it's it's really weird to look around and, and see like, well, where are those guys now? And you know, some of them aren't with the company anymore. Um, yeah. others are up on the main roster not being used it's it's a shame it really is yeah and even uh, Killian Dane who made an appearance uh this this went the past Wednesday night on NXT unfortunately he and Drake Maverick never even got to complete their match uh because of outside interference which felt very uh, mid 1990s WCW uh with like the NWO coming out and attacking everybody and then cutting a promo oh, okay um, yeah so it's it's just it's just kind of some weird different feelings I'm having. Um, just you know, don't hate me, but uh, definitely had that vibe to it. Um, I was never a fan of that after a while in 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 WCW because it pretty much devalued whoever was in the ring uh, performing, yeah. and it started out being just like say a Mike Enos or someone like that, but then it pretty soon it'd be the cruiserweights, and you know th- those were valuable properties for WCW. So sure. again, you know, I'm not trying to, to complain about everything, but just kind of making, trying to make apples to apples comparisons. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the four matches that we have scheduled for NXT takeover. So I think it's going to be a good show. I really do. Um, the booking is going to be what's interesting. Um, how they, how they book that. Um, well, sticking with the theme of next weekend, we have another pay-per-view, but not just any pay-per-view. No, 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 no. This is the biggest party of the summer. <laughs> this is one of the big four pay-per-views. It's not Battleground like we talked about last week where Bailey debuted. Uh, it's, not a, it's not Payback. It's not even Great Balls of Fire, which is just fun to say. No, 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 it's SummerSlam. And I thought we'd take a moment, just kind of review the card a little bit, get, get some of your... Uh, feelings on it's sort of a fresh set of eyes um that's not in the trenches every week with it um i'm gonna start with last week's focus on our show bailey she is defending her smackdown women's championship and i'd like to tell you mark who she's facing but can't do that because the match hasn't happened yet to determine that number one contender it will take place tomorrow night 
oops, a little behind the scenes stuff we're taping on Thursday night. On Friday Night SmackDown, you are going to have a tri-branded Battle Royal. That's right. There's not a guarantee it'll be a SmackDown superstar who will be challenging Bayley, which would make sense. A SmackDown superstar would challenge uh, the SmackDown Women's Champion. No, no. NXT and Raw will be involved as well, so no real idea uh, who she's facing. I don't even have a good guess right now uh, who they might. I mean, do we in. even know who's going to be in that in that battle royal? The entire roster has not been set yet, or at least it hasn't been announced. Hmm. I, I believe the episode's been taped, but they they haven't released all the names. So well, I really don't have anything. Uh, let me check and see real quick. Because I'd be interested to see who's in there. You know, I mean, it's if you take a look at, yeah, you know, I'm sure there's going to be going to be like specific names that you can kind of pick and choose. It's like, well, that they have no chance, or they have no chance, you know. But but like, if you see like a Rhea Ripley in there, mm-hmm. you'd hope that she's going to have a good chance, you know. But again, you, we don't know how she how she's being used right now, or why she's being used the way she is. Um, they, they also just recent like she recently changed her hair color too, which is a big thing in WWE, you know, like because they have mm-hmm. um, all the uh, the merchandise, all the uh, the action figures and the video games and stuff. So when you go and change uh, part of the way you look, that 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 matters, you know. It, it just like it kind of surprised me when she came out and she was bleach blonde, you know. Well, and. Um... I looked through. No, they haven't announced names yet. There's just speculation. Probably any woman that's appeared on SmackDown roster will probably be in it. Um, as far as NXT, I'm not sure exactly who Bailey has ticked off um, and made enemies of. So we'll okay. find out. We'll find out who that is. But no, there there are no official names um, that have been that have been announced. So sorry, can't help you there. Um, okay. So we'll. We'll just have to see. We'll, we'll have to uh, wait with bated breath to see what happens. But here's one I can announce to you. Okay. Dominic Mysterio is going to make his pay-per-view debut. He's going to make his wrestling debut as he takes on the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. And you'll like this. Both the Singapore Kane and weapons are legal in the match. The cane and weapons? Cane. Wow. They went out of their way to say the Singapore cane and weapons. Because apparently Singapore cane not a weapon. No, it's not. It's it's a household item. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's how Wanda and I communicate. She just whacks me to get my attention. You know how it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. They've portrayed him as this child, you know, for for so long. I, I don't understand why. You look at him; he's bigger than than Ray is. He, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand that the characterization of of Dominic Mysterio as being this helpless child. It just it doesn't seem to fit. That the guy is way too big to be playing that type of a character. It's, I don't know it. It seems like this is going to be Seth Rollins just beating the crap out of another Mysterio. I, I don't, I don't like it. Well, let's bring it into the real world for just a moment, Mark. Let's uh, put you back in your younger days when, when you you were a fighter, not the lover that you are today. But if someone um, 
smaller than you had come up to bully you and mistreat you and you you being bigger than they are taller than they are how well would you have handled that would you have just let them wail on you or would you have asserted uh your physical uh attributes on them i would probably have to go with the latter well i'm trying to be i'm trying to be nice we don't want a genetic incident where, where someone confesses to something here um mm-hmm. but i would just imagine that the larger person at a certain point just go you know what i've had enough that we're done here. And yeah. I, I think I think that's the disconnect that WWE is dealing with. Exactly what you said. He's 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 being portrayed as a man child, which to me doesn't do him much. That's a disservice to him. Um because all of a sudden he's gonna kick it into gear and he's gonna be this I'm not gonna say an MMA fighter, but a a, a backstreet an alley fighter with a kendo mm-hmm. stick and a chair. I just don't see it because you've not portrayed him that way. Now, if he comes out and lays a beating on Seth Rollins, I'm sitting around going, wow, he beat Seth Rollins? I, I think that's... He's been and that's portrayed a, as a child, correct? He has, yes. Yeah, um, I, I just I don't the, understand that. He's been portrayed at the upper upper end of uh, teenagerdom, basically. Um, yeah. So now, all of a sudden, I'm supposed to believe... And he did come out on Monday night, and he... Uh, he did roll around and scrap a little, and that's nice, but I feel like that's a little too a little too late. Um, but again, we'll see. He did lay in some of the Singapore Kane shots a couple of weeks ago, and he uh, he bruised Seth pretty good. He put the uh, pictures on Instagram, so he can definitely swing one of those things. So we'll see. I, I, to, to give you an idea, I mean, he's 23 years old. He's six foot two, 215 pounds. Like, he's not a child. He's definitely not a child. I, I yeah, he's younger than than Seth Rollins, but who cares? He's he's not a he's not a kid. Can we get him to lose ten pounds so he can do, go dominate two hundred five live? Yeah. He look. He would be bigger than everyone else. He'd be yeah. He'd be head and shoulders above everybody else there. <laughs> exactly, but it, that's the thing. <sighs> I'm glad he's getting his start, technically, in, in wrestling. I root for everybody to have success in whatever it is they choose to do. I, my assumption is Rey Mysterio is going to make a return in some form or fashion and cost Seth Rollins the match. That that so would be my guess. Has he actually been out since losing the eye? <laughs> yes, yes. But fortunately, they were able to reattach it, so everything's fine. They were able to save at, it. Thank good. At the medical at the medical facility. Exactly. That's right. Um, thank goodness for that. Um, Here's one for you. The United States Championship is on the line as champion Apollo Crews defends again against MVP. Well, they just can't get enough of these two, huh? Well, you know, no, they can't. (laughs) I mean, I like MVP. We we, we were talking the other night, and I I was happy to see that MVP signed a uh, multi-year deal with WWE. You know, that's cool. I've always liked his work. Happy for him, hmm? but does he need to be wrestling Apollo Cruz every month for the U.S. title? I don't think so, but I don't know. I guess find something else to, for him to do. And I, if it were me, I'd make him a manager of, of Bobby uh, Bobby Lashley. Yes, I thought he worked really well in that role at the last time I saw him. Um, forget uh, Lashley was taking on. Um, um, uh, Drew McIntyre uh, for the title. I, I forget what, what pay-per-view. I, I guess that was Extreme Rules, right? 
I believe it was, yeah, because he dominated him basically the entire match. Yeah, I thought that was a great match, and I thought that MVP did a, a great job of being a, a, a manager on the outside. But I don't know. I guess that's not where they're planning to go with him. But I thought it worked. What do I know? Uh, you know what? I I enjoy his stick on the mic. I think he he could definitely transition into that spokesperson role really really well. Um, it certainly hurts a lot less it, than than bumping night in and night out sure. if they're you know touring normally. So um, my guess is I think we see a title change here. I think MVP captures the championship. Um, nothing nothing more irritating than a heel with a belt. So it gives Apollo something to chase. So. Sure. We'll see, but I, I think MVP is going to take this one. Uh, the Raw Tag Team titles are on the line, and there are no ninjas involved. There are no Viking yet, Raiders. Anyway. Shut up. Um, <laughs> the Street Profits defend their titles against Andrade, not Cien Almas, and Angel Garza. Surprised now, that, that guy still has a first and last name. Give it time. Give it time. So, Mark, we had some interesting going-ons last week and over the weekend. Um, We had... Really? Well, you know, WWE says that they don't do angles that are distasteful or barbaric or bloody, um, but they didn't cover druggings, as one of the Street Profits uh, was drugged, apparently, and came out to ringside and uh, passed out a couple of times. Um, causing his tag team partner uh, to lose a one-on-one encounter. Um, So having said that, apparently uh, one Miss Bianca Belair took it personal uh, that her husband was quote-unquote drugged and would attack Zelina Vega in her home on Saturday doing a live stream on one of the Twitch channels. Um, (laughs) So in the same week, we have uh, a drugging. Somebody was roofied. And um, we also have people breaking and entering and assaulting people in their own home. I don't know that legal authorities uh, have been contacted. Local Did law Zillian enforcement. Did Vega have a gun? You know what? There, no lights went out. No gunshots were fired uh, that, I'm, that I'm aware of. Yes, we could have kicked it old school there. Um, do you even want to weigh in on that? Um, I I don't know. It, it just sounds like garbage. Uh, I don't really have a lot more to say than that. I, I I like Andrade and I like Selena Vega. I think the two of them work really well together. You know, what, when they put her with him in NXT, it just was magical for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to him getting her as a manager, I thought he just kind of was treading water and not really worth watching it i mean he would have decent matches and but he just he didn't have a lot of personality and uh when they turned him heel i I thought that's where he found he found that something that he was missing Mm um i like angel garza i i think that guy definitely has something that definitely has something there um and i also like the street profits um i i I don't know it's just the I, I I hate the uh, cinematic cinematic um, stuff that they that they're doing, you know, with the ninjas and uh, with these guys coming to fight with bowling balls and uh, it's just stupid stupid stuff. Like just 
why can't you just put on a wrestling show? You're a wrestling show. Why can't you just put on good professional wrestling on a weekly basis? You know, that, that always drew for you in the past. Why all of a sudden is that just not what we do anymore? You know, don't you understand Mark? They make movies. Yeah, they don't, they, they make movies. We make movies. Um, so interesting that as we bring up Bianca Belair, uh, this week, Dave Meltzer uh, had a story where he basically said that Vince McMahon was incredibly high on three specific women in WWE currently. The first was Bailey, who we talked about last week, which you can hear in the audio section of HeyYoRadio.com. Uh, Vince was very high on what she's been doing as a heel um, lately. But he also mentioned another favorite of yours, and that would be Peyton Royce of the Iconics. Um, and the third... Billy uh, not Billy Kay. He mentioned Peyton Royce and Bianca Belair as uh, those he thought would be the future stars or would be future stars um, in the women's division. Um, and that's cool. I, I think to me, of the two iconics, you know, I, I like them together. I think that they, they really play off of each other very well. Um, I do think that Peyton Royce is the star of the two of them. I, I think Billy Kay is, is good. But Peyton Royce is just a little bit better at the character and just a little bit more, um, I don't know, more gifted in the ring. Um, hell, I mean, I, I think Bailey, I, I think the world of her, you know, we, we, we talked we for two and a half hours best. last week. Yeah, I, I mean, we gave her, I, I think that was probably one of our best shows last week. We, um, yeah, uh, I think the world of her. You know, I, I think she's a fantastic athlete, a great performer. Um, she's awesome. You know, so I, I don't like her being a heel. You know, obviously we we, we went over that last week as well. Um, but as far as you know, being able to perform and and play characters, she, she's great. She's really great. Um, Bianca Belair. I think I may have spoken about her a few times on here. She's fantastic. She is such a amazing athlete. You know, I, I, I was sad to see her go to the main roster uh, before winning the NXT Women's Championship. I thought that that should have been a, a stop for her. I, I thought that she made the jump to Raw a little bit early, in my opinion. But... Um, and obviously, that I don't, I don't know that I'm the only one uh, thinking that way because, I mean, what has she done on Raw? From what I understand, she's been on main event a lot, correct? That is correct, but she did appear on Monday Night Raw this past week and actually basically destroyed Zelina Vega. Uh, in did, a she, like, did she wrestle a match? She did, yes. She wrestled okay. um, Zelina Vega and actually, coincidentally, um, Peyton Royce... Um, actually wrestled and defeated Liv Morgan. So both of them got singles matches as uh, Bailey did with Asuka on Monday night, which was a really, really good match. So you can kind of see um, all three of those were featured players on Monday night. Okay. Yeah, Liv Morgan's another one I really like. I, I like a lot of her work. I, I think she's got a little bit of work to do as far as like uh, personality is concerned, but I, I do like what I see from her in, in the ring and um whenever I do actually see her on TV, on, on pay-per-views. Um, but back to Bianca Belair. Um, 
she's so gifted, you know, as far as like being a performer, a, a talent, a, um, a character, you know, and, and also, you know, we, we, we like to talk about the music and um, her music just, it, it fits, you know, she, um, it, it's just, it, it's a cool presentation for her. And it's just, it's a, the whole EST of, uh, well, I guess it's WWE now, it's not NXT anymore, but I, I like that, you know, that, that, that she's just so full of herself. But she backs it up usually, you know, except for when I, I think she's lost on TakeOver. You know, aside from that, it, I thought that her performances on TakeOver have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping that we would get a little bit more out of her on big shows like that. But that's just not in the cards, uh, at, le- at least in NXT, that's not. Now... We're going to move on to the next match um, because this the next match features the other half of the golden role models of Sasha Banks and Bailey. Sasha Banks, she's defending her Raw Women's Championship against Asuka. I think it could be a match that just tears the house down. I really believe those two together, if given time, can do something really, really special. Uh, will it? Will it get the time? Will it have outside interference? Hard to say, but it it could be something that. Uh, is a really good payoff for the fans. We'll have to see. Yeah, that's a match that I don't think that we've actually ever gotten, have we? I, you know what? I don't know that they have officially faced off in singles competition. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, that, that yeah, should that be really good. Maybe the first time. That I think so. Really, really good. I, I, I am looking forward to that one as well. And again, you don't have to overbook it. Just let it be. Just let yeah, it go out. I, I mean, the two of them are are awesome workers you know just let them go in there and and just produce their magic mm-hmm. uh, i'm sure they can uh, put together a damn good match just the two of them without no, like any outside extracurriculars you know i'm sure they're perfectly capable of uh making a very memorable match and i'm really glad you know to see oscar getting to to be featured i realize more than likely, it's due to uh, Becky Lynch's uh, absence mm-hmm. uh, in terms of her pregnancy. But still, it's good to see Oscar get featured again. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's how there, a there's lot of still do so get much that, well, that, that. That's a lot how a lot of people do get the uh, the spotlight. You know, and when somebody goes out, it's time for somebody else to step up. And you know, Oscar's done that. You know, I'll, I'll never forget the uh, Honky Tonk Man uh, interview. Well, we're going to take the belt off Ricky Steamboat. We're giving it to Butch Reed. He's not here. Who's here? What about Honky? All right, we'll give it to him. <laughs> I, it really does work that way in the wrestling business. It's, it's, it is the weirdest profession. But all was okay because he became the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Let us never forget. Right. Of all times. That's right. Um, the, the last two matches... Could be co-main events. I'm not sure which one is the semi-main event or the main event. I assume the uh, the Drew McIntyre match would be the main event. So we'll go the one before that. And we'll say Braun Strowman defending the Universal Championship, which apparently he did not lose in the Swamp match. Apparently he's still champion. Uh, he will defend the title against The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. And before I, I turn you loose on that, I... I alerted you to uh, what took place on last Friday night SmackDown. The Fiend had Alexa Bliss in the middle of the ring, uh, ready to uh, use uh, a mandible claw or hit her with Sister Abigail, whatever The Fiend was going to do. And um, 
Braun Strowman came up on the screen and said, he, "quote He didn't give a damn about Alexa Bliss. <laughs> that he was just that he was just going to kick uh, Bray Wyatt's ass." There, there's now, a great baby face for you right there. That's what I'm thinking. Thanks, thanks for representing North Carolina. We're we're a state that when a woman's in trouble, we're not really concerned about her. We just want to beat the bad guy. That's all we're really there for. Um, thanks, thanks, Braun. But you know, we were talking about this before we came on the air. You know, Braun Strowman, Alexa Bliss, tag partners in the Mixed Max Challenge, and they were doing the whole. You know, he's kind of the monster who's infatuated with her, kind of thing, playing up the obvious size differential and whatnot. So it's a good thing that WWE keeps up with their continuity. You know, they they don't let anything slip through the cracks here. Yeah. Um, so now I'm sitting here wondering who actually is the heel in this match. Is it is it Bray? Is they it the make fe- movies, pal. <laughs> I, I I I know, but typically in a movie, um, the face will save the girl in some form or fashion. Um, typically, they don't leave them to be blown up uh, while they fight the bad guy. Typically, unless the movie's written by uh, by Vince Russo. Oh my God! I thought we were gonna get through an episode without having to hear that. Can, can I be honest with you, Mark? Can I be honest with you? I, I've got to be honest with you. Can I tell you the truth? Um, I don't know who's going to win the match. To be honest, this is probably outside of maybe the Street Profits match. Probably the thing I'm least looking forward to. I just don't care because right now there is nothing else in the heavyweight division on SmackDown. It's Bray Wyatt, it's Braun Strowman, and nobody else. So that makes me want to watch the show. Just being honest with you, and I'm, I'm holding off the names who are on SmackDown who are not on SummerSlam. We'll talk about here when we're done. Drew McIntyre defends the WWE title against Randy Orton. Randy Orton's been killing everyone. Punting people, RKOing people. Heck, he laid out Ric Flair on Monday night um, because he's the Viper, and that's what snakes do. You understand? Okay. Um, who walks out the champion, Drew or Randy Orton? Is it time to flip the title? I, I don't know. I, I one thing about Randy Orton's history is that he's always been more than willing to put over whoever is the top dog at that time. Um, do you really need to put another title on him? You know, at this point in his career, does he need to be WWE champion? Uh, I, I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I mean, are, are fans not tuning in to watch Drew? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't see the numbers on a week-to-week basis. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really follow that. But um, I don't know. I am interested to see. Is he... Is he having a diesel run? You know, I, I don't know. Well, is it a diesel run if there's nobody to come to the matches? I mean, it's... There's coming to the matches, and there's also watching it on TV, you know? So it's... Maybe he's not coming to the match. Maybe people can't come to the matches, but they should be tuning in on a weekly basis. And are they doing that? Uh, typically, SmackDown is a little bit higher than Raw, so... I, I guess, but um, I'm going to say that they flipped the title to Randy Orton. I think the the push is solidly on his side. I, I think I think they're going to do it. I don't think they're super happy with Drew's uh, work. I mean, even though there's nothing wrong with his work, it's just, it's not his fault that they book him like they have. Um, so we'll see. We will see. So. 
I, just, I don't think that in 2020 that you really need to have Randy Orton as WWE champion. I, I don't see where that, like, what does that get you? Uh, really? I don't know. It, it, we've already seen it. How many times? Well, what do we always know? Vince goes back to what he knows when things get tight. What does he know? Well, he knows Randy Orton. If Cena were around, he'd know John Cena. I mean, I could see Cena doing it uh, if he were still still active on the roster at this point. So let me take a side detour here. Let's talk about who's not on the card, who you might think might have made it to SummerSlam, say Bobby Lashley, who had a great match there at uh, the horror show, but all of a sudden disappeared except for beating up a few people on Raw Underground. Um, we have the uh, yeah, phenomenal... We need to talk about that too, Raw Underground. Oh, God. We will. Uh, we have the phenomenal AJ Styles. Um, who is the intercontinental? He is not. He's the intercontinental champion. Although rumor is they are going to add Jeff Hardy against him for the intercontinental title at SummerSlam. It'll be good. Sure. I mean, you know, with these two guys in it, I just don't know that it it moves the needle on the card um, that much. Matt Riddle uh, did not qualify to be on SummerSlam. Uh, kind of been. Uh, he's been dealing with Baron Corbin right now. So, um, our good friend of the show. Yep, found a way to get yeah. it in. Um, how about Sheamus, who had a really good match with Jeff Hardy? Uh, the bar fight there on the the horror show didn't get the call. How about how about Dan- how about Daniel Bryan? <laughs> now I know his wife had a child, so that's probably the reason why. You know, they they uh, have a happy, healthy little boy. So good for them. Drew Gulak though is available. The New Day is certainly available as well. So there's there's a good amount of talent that are that are not listed um, for SummerSlam. So I find that kind of interesting. But I'm going to do a quick count here, Mark, and just just hang with me for a minute. One, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So of all the competitors and matches we talked about, 12 of them have their roots in NXT, which means you have one, two, three individuals who are listed on the card right now that did not spend any time in NXT, and that would be Randy Orton, uh, that would be Dominic uh, Mysterio, and that would be MVP. That tells you how critical NXT has been. Sure as a lifeblood for, for the main roster. If not for NXT, Lord only knows where they would be um, in, in terms of talent, in terms of ratings. You think they're bad now, just imagine if they didn't have who they had. Mm-hmm. All right. Having said that, I'm going to throw it to you, Raw Underground. It's all yours. Once again, you know, I, I don't watch Monday Night Raw. Um, I was interested to see what this was, so I did seek it out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, what I saw was a fight club esque, um, presentation. Uh, I'm curious to see where they actually filmed that. I, I haven't had a chance to look it up online. Um, it didn't look like the performance center. If it was, it was in another section of the performance center that they haven't used on, um, on any, television program um it looked interesting this guy what's his name baba tunde mm-hmm. right that's um boy they did a lot to help him 
Um, make him look like a beast. But um, I don't know. Beyond that, it just it, it looked stupid. And um, I, I don't know. It, it reminds me of the Brawl for All, if this is supposed to be somewhat real. From what I understand, this is very much of shoot fight style presentation it seems like that's what they're going for which is something that EC3 pushed for some of the ideas he threw out when he was there uh-huh. uh, having a more realistic product seems, seems like somebody was listening um, just just didn't choose to, to involve him with it while he was there um, again here's the problem wrestling is a work sport okay when you when you walk into the UFC, I'm trying to knock your your behind out as quickly as possible, or I'm going to choke you out, or you're going to submit, right? All right. What if I get in there and start throwing working punches in the UFC? What do you think is going to happen? What do you think the other guy, whatever weight that fighter is, male or female, they're going to look at me like seriously and then proceed yeah. to to kill me like they should? Oh yeah. This is the difference when you put on. This is the real stuff. You know, Russo used to drive me nuts with that. Oh. That this other is where it's fake. Yeah, we're shooting now. Really? Um, this is the fake, fake match. Right. You know, Bobby Heenan did a shoot interview, which I really loved, and they asked him, how many times have you seen shoots in wrestling? He said, almost never. I mean, think about it. Yeah. Why would you shoot on someone? If you did, you'd be done with the company and out the door. Uh-huh. On a live broadcast, they'd cut your mic. They would do something. They'd go to commercial go to something backstage even if they had to scramble and look stupid in doing it you're not getting on there doing stupid crap so there are no shoots really anymore unless you're sammy uh sammy uh guevara you know busting matt hardy's head wide open but that's a different conversation for a different show um so it's okay so that's the real stuff so like i said last week uh dolph ziggler comes out and just crushes someone with his wrestling ability why isn't he doing that in the ring? Why isn't he putting the people away with his allegedly superior wrestling ability? Is that what he did? Yes. Yes, he came out there and basically just ground the mat with the with the one young guy. Oh. It's like, that's great, but what happens the next time he steps back in the ring and he's trying to do the super kick and uh, you know the zigzag and, and all these things? You're not going to do that in that environment. So no. why are you going to do it in a ring? So again, you're just... You're reemphasizing the fans. Look, it's fake, and I'm not saying that they have to play it for real because I think the cat's pretty much out of the bag for the most part. But still, you At can you point, can treat it absolutely. But you can still treat it a little bit better. I mean, come on. Sure. Um. So yeah, I I like that they're trying something new. Don't get me wrong. I just think there are better ways to do it. Um. But again, anytime you try to crisscross those worlds, they just don't work. Brock Lesnar can crisscross both worlds, but that's because he legitimately, you know, waylays people on both sides. Yeah. That's about it, man. It's a little uh, bit different. To him. And the problem is, if all you know is how to do worked stuff and you try to make it look more real, it's very hard to do because that's not what you're trained to do. There's a... You can find it somewhere on YouTube. There's a match. Jushin Thunder Liger, one of my personal favorites of all time, did an MMA match. Mark, it was not uh, good. Go. Not well, because, you know, he does that little rolling kick. The Kappa kick is what he calls it. Yeah. He tried to do that in the match. It didn't work. The guy locked on a choke and choked him out. 
Uh, okay. I mean, he knew what he knew. All right. And I'm sure he yeah. defended himself in a real fight. I'm not going down that road. I'm just saying it's a whole lot different when someone's trying to to hurt you, legitimately hurt you. You know, Bret Hart always said the point of wrestling is to put on a match and go out and have a beer afterwards because you didn't hurt each other. So, again, I, I, I applaud the trying to do something different. I just – I think there are better things they could have tried than this. But I know Shane McMahon has always wanted a, an MMA-style company or presentation. He's pushed that for years behind the scenes, according to, to Jim Cornette and others. So yeah. I really believe it's a week-by-week booking. I really do. Just throw yeah. things against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Um, and having said that, let's talk about the other things happening on Raw. Not just it's not just underground, but they've been invaded by a group known as Retribution. Um, okay. I'll I'll start on this one. I'll, I'll take the hits on this. Um, if so, they came out on Monday night uh, last week. They were throwing, uh, you know. Molotov cocktails, which last time I checked was were somewhat terroristic in nature. Usually, when they're taught, when they're yeah. tossed, yeah. Um, but apparently at WWE, it's it's all good. You know, they they were breaking some windows and they were jumping around celebrating because they broke windows. You know what? What are you teenagers now? Stop <laughs> it! This week, same thing. Um, I just, I, I just, I can't. You know, and then. They're out there with, with, with some of the gear on that, that kind of resemble some of the things going on in our world. And I just don't think that's what WWE needs right now. That's not the look that they need to have. Um, sure. Inadvertently or not, in our world today, it's irrelevant if something's inadvertent or not. You know, you have mm-hmm. to you have to be very mindful of what you're presenting. And they showed up on SmackDown last week. You know, they tore up the ring. Yeah, I saw Nexus do that ten years ago. We know how well that turned out. Um, but fortunately, cool they did it. I yeah, well, for, fortunately, Justin Roberts was not choked out with his own tie by anyone. No. Although I didn't watch AEW this week, so that could have happened as he's the the ring announcer there. But I doubt seriously uh, that took place. <laughs> um, Mark Retribution, how do you feel? Um. To me, it just—it's kind of more of a wait and see type of thing, you know. I—I don't—I don't think that what they did, you know, the—the the only thing that I thought of when they were doing it is like, oh, from a WWE um, production standpoint, it's going to suck for somebody who has to go and clean all that up, right? You know, but I—I I don't know. It just—I don't think it worked. But that's just me. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe your everyday fans are gonna think differently about it. But I, I didn't think it really did anything for me that is gonna make me want to tune in on a weekly basis. So yeah, I, I'll I pass on that. <laughs> well, you know their their ratings did bump up um, the first week of um, Raw Underground, and they were up a little bit this week as well. Um, so it wasn't a huge rise in fans. Mm-hmm. Um, it went from, I think it was 1.72 to 1.74 maybe. I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge get, but I mean, it was a okay. little bit more. Um, so we'll see, maybe, maybe that will resonate in striking chord. I, I guess the, the question is, is, is anything going to move the needle? I mean, they moved up a couple of percentage points. Is, is that 
the high end of anything anymore. I, I think that's the, the, what they're facing right now. Yeah. I mean, you can bring back John Cena. You can bring back The Rock. And they may pop a rating, but I'm going to promise you it's not going to be that massive. And it's not going to stick around for any time, any length of time either. Right. Like the ratings after, after uh, WrestleMania or something like that. They'll go up some. But if you'll notice in the last few years, they haven't gone up as high as they used to. Yeah. People aren't, aren't, they're just not investing a second time. Some still will, you know, you're, you know, you still want to go back and just hoping, you know, hoping against hope, but it's just not there. All right. Well, we, we've covered raw, we've covered SmackDown. Uh, we've covered NXT. I've got one more topic on the table. Okay, well, before you go on that, um, seems a good time as any to hit the obligatory uh, commercial break, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. So I want to take a moment to appeal to our faithful listeners here. Uh, We're currently available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, CastBox, SoundCloud, and on PWInsiderLeague.com, and also on our YouTube channel available at AYOradio.com. Basically, anywhere and everywhere you like to get your podcasts. So please do us a solid like, subscribe, give us a five-star review. All of that helps us out. It makes us more visible to the masses. So please, if you like our content, share it around and get us some more ears. Thank you. And now back to your regularly scheduled programming. So, Mark, the last thing I have on my list tonight is there's an invasion coming this Saturday to the WWE Network. That's right. Independent Wrestling is going to debut on the WWE Network, and they're going to consist of Evolve, ICW, which is overseas, and Progress... And I believe WXW uh, is going to be involved as well. Mm-hmm. Mark, is this going to be the thing to bump up subscriptions, especially uh, during the times of the year where their subscriptions tend to go down after WrestleMania? I don't think so. Um, I think it's interesting to have that as something else to watch on there. But is it going to be something that people are like, oh, my God, I you know, I need to subscribe to WWE network in order to watch my old evolve shows. No, I don't think so, but why would it? Um, but who, who knows? Uh, maybe there are people who are interested in watching that and, you know, will we'll subscribe to WWE network specifically for it. I, I don't see it, but who, who knows? I, I've been wrong in the past, but I don't think that's going to be, I don't think that's going to be a huge get for them. Uh, for those that are interested, uh, the first episodes are going to drop. So they're featuring current uh, WWE and NXT stars uh, sort of before they were quote-unquote WWE stars. Uh, in terms of Evolve, it shows uh, Drew McIntyre uh, is is in the first release, Ricochet, Johnny Gargano, Roddy, Roderick Strong, Aleister Black, and Matt Riddle. So really solid lineup there that have come through the doors of Evolve at one time or another. Uh, Keith Lee is in one of them, uh, and they also will uh, be focusing on Timothy Thatcher, um, the mm. nicest guy you'll ever meet. Um, yeah. the, uh, Walt- the, the meanest son of a bitch you'll ever see. I still haven't recovered from it. I'm like, wow, that was like right there. Um, Walter uh, will also be on as well, and Dominic Dijakovic uh, will be appearing uh, in some of the footage as well. Um, you go to Progress, and we, you will see Pete Dunn, Mark Andrews. Uh, from NXT UK, Tony Storm uh, is featured as well. Um, and other than that, the only other ones I saw 
uh, where uh, Piper Niven uh, from NXT UK oh, will be on that. Yeah, she's actually uh, done some work in uh, in Insane Championship Wrestling. So that will be on there as well. So it's going to be interesting if, for those that want to to go back and kind of see the uh, the genesis or the metamorphosis, you might say, of these different competitors. So I, I, some people might check it out. I think it could be interesting. Um, if you're busy like everyone else and just don't have time, you're probably not going to get to. But, hey, it's a little extra value added to the WWE Network. So mm-hmm. I, I can't fault him for that. I think it's cool. Um, yeah, for me, you know, I, I was at Evolve 5 um, because Daniel Bryan was there. Um, that was during the time when he had left, uh, when, when he was released by WWE following the, uh, the tie incident. Um, the wardrobe malfunction, yes. Yeah, yeah, so to speak. <laughs> um, he wrestled a match there uh, while he was wrestling a number of independents uh, against uh, uh, Japanese talent, Minoru Sa- uh, Sawa. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a good match. I-, I was sitting ringside for that, so I'm, I'm interested to go back and watch that. You know, a lot of other talent like Adam Cole and Ricochet and... Uh, Johnny Gargano and um, uh, a number of guys. Uh, I think uh, Kyle O'Reilly was on there. Yeah, I, I'm interested to go back and look at those, knowing who they are now. You know, just to see them in, in that time period because I, I I didn't know who they were when I was watching that show. So yeah, it's kind of cool to look back on those now. I, I got a bunch of pictures from then, but. I'd like to go back and watch those matches and see if maybe I can see myself in the, in the uh, ginormous crowd that, that, that was there for that show. Sure. Um, and, and I'm one of those folks who was disheartened when they added a lot of the older content to the network, say different territories, world class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hearing what was being reported was that they just weren't getting the views that, that people thought they would, which really hurt my heart because that means a lot of the people that grew up like me and you have moved on yeah you know they're not going back or maybe they're just using youtube and other uh, social social streaming platforms to actually view that stuff i know that happens all the time as well yeah um so we'll see it's gonna be interesting to see i know they don't release their streaming numbers but maybe there might be some internal uh, indication as to uh how well those things are going and i don't have any other notes but i do always like to end my part at least on something positive and I have that for us. Um, here in just a couple of weeks, uh, Barry the King Lawler will celebrate his 50th anniversary uh, in wrestling, which is a, that's a tremendous milestone to reach. Um, they're actually going to do it in a, uh, over in Jackson, Tennessee. Um, I'm not going to travel for it because, well, COVID. Um, but otherwise, I'd seriously consider throwing the, the kids in and getting my wife and driving over there. Um, just to give you an idea of some of the WWE individuals who'll be there, and I won't name all the Memphis folk to, to bore people, but Kane will be there. Not Glenn Jacobs, not the mayor. No, no, Kane will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's cool. You're going to have uh, Coco Beware, um, Dr. Tom from the Heavenly Bodies, um, and the Body Donnas in WWE. Um, you'll see the Rock and Roll Express, who are on AEW this week, kids. Check them out if you get a chance. Uh, so there are there are some WWE tie-ins here. Dory Funk Jr. and Tony Atlas uh, look to be the ones who have spent any time in and around WWE. And there's, there's like 15 more Memphis-specific names. But uh, good for him 
to make it to 50 years in this weird business to have a promotion last as long as it did it was the last territory to go out of business uh, in 97 it, it closed the doors but um good on Jerry remember we almost lost him on live TV for goodness sake um, yeah. a number of years ago so he, he's very scary. fortunate it is he's very fortunate to have still been with us he sometimes man right place right time things yeah, I do mean, he's very out. he's very fortunate that it happened during a Monday Night Raw, you know, where they have someone down at ringside to, to be able to be right there as quickly as they were. You know, I mean, he's at home and he's not getting that, that, that help immediately like he did. And he may not be here today, you know, so. You know. If he's home, if he's traveling, if he's on a plane, he's in a car, yeah. whatever. There's, yeah, it just, it could have gone a totally different way. So. I wanted to end on some positive. We, we talk about what we like, a lot of what we don't like, but who doesn't love Jerry the King Lawler, um, who's you know kind of our grandpa now, which is funny considering where he started in the Attitude Era yelling um, for uh, dogs <clears throat> at high, with a high-pitched uh, presentation. But in all seriousness, uh, good on him for making it 50 years. Here's a guy who that's all he wanted to do was be a wrestler. He was a great – he's a tremendous artist. Um, that's how he got noticed on Memphis TV. He would draw the wrestlers, and that's what got him in touch with uh, Jerry Jarrett and, and those folk behind the scenes. And that's all he ever wanted to be was a wrestler. And um, 50 years—that's that's something, something to be proud of. So, yeah, it certainly is. So hats off to him again. That celebration's in about a month, but I wanted to go ahead and get it out there. Congratulations to him on on 50 years uh, in this really weird business known as professional wrestling and with that mark i'm done i've said my pieces i'll hand it back well, to I've you got, i've got one last thing to uh t- to say um this past week we lost um james kamala harris um he passed away at the age of 70 um funeral arrangements and um and the burial is, is all scheduled for this weekend there's actually a um a GoFundMe up to help uh, help the family with funeral expenses. And when you go to the GoFundMe page, um, the goal was thirty thousand dollars, of which they have raised thirty thousand one hundred and thirty-seven dollars right now. They've had five hundred and fifty-one donors off of four uh, four and a half thousand shares and five hundred and fifty-three followers to it. You know, so um, there's a lot of really great people out there, probably a lot of professional wrestlers who uh, professional wrestlers and the fans who, um, you know, he touched their lives. And, you know, thankfully, uh, people came forward to help these people out, people helping people. Yeah, appreciate you bringing him up, bringing that up. I, I have very vivid memories uh, of Kamala in, in different, uh, you know, he wrestled all over. You know, whether he was in world class. I saw a video this week somebody posted of him just body slamming Andre the Giant. I never knew that existed. I didn't um, know that it existed until I'll, I'll, I'll now. Tra- yeah, I'll track it down and I'll, I'll send it to you. I, I saw it on, on somebody's social media page. But yeah, he, he straight up. It wasn't a Yokozuna Lex Luger where he kind of dumped him over, hip tossed him. Mm-hmm. Nah, this was a straight pickup and body slam. And we all know Andre, he only cooperated with those folk he liked. So, oh, yeah. So for him to have the opportunity to do that, and I, I remember. As a kid, because everything was about wrestling videos, because we're old 
guys and girls. So we, we would rent videos, not even DVDs, video cassette tapes. And I remember going to our local video store. We didn't have a blockbuster. We weren't, we weren't that big. You know, we had these uh, local chain or local sure. mom and pop places. We did and too. I got the Great American Bash 1985. Um, and I'm just blown away by it because they've got like people from different organizations wrestling the Great American Bash. And, you know, my, let's see, I would have been, my uh, less than 10 year old brain was blown by all this. How could this happen? Of course, I read the magazines, the after mags, because I was just a wrestling nerd. I loved everything about it. But there he is wrestling Magnum TA. And uh, the finish is um, basically. I couldn't tell it as a kid, but he got disqualified for for rough housing the referee. But Magnum TA gets up, whips him off the rope, hits the belly to belly count, and gets on top of him. And then you hear a, a one, two, three count, right? Well, that's not the way the match really happened. There was a disqualification, but the way they shot the finish was so they could cycle the tapes around for Jim Crockett promotions that Magnum TA had pinned Kamala. See, he was up from, from Mid-South and Bill Watts where he hadn't been pinned yet. Okay. So there was a lot of consternation that they, they shot it in such a way that it looked like uh, Kamala had been pinned when he had, never, he had not been pinned, at least there in that territory. So it mm-hmm. caused a lot of hard feelings there. And that wasn't unusual. I mean, he was a special attraction, man. And if you were, if you were booking him out, you had to protect your talent. Um, you know. Honky Tonk Man gets picked on all the time for never doing jobs and say what you want. But the more times you lose, the less valuable you were back in those days. It's not like today where everybody wins, everybody loses. Yeah. So, um, uh, and, you know, it's funny. He didn't talk. He didn't do anything. He didn't have no, to. Didn't. No, the, the character spoke volumes for itself. The dude was scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know Mike Johnson, PW Insider, you know, he goes and talks about when he started watching professional wrestling, how Kamala was going against, uh, it was Hulk Hogan, I believe, right? Yes. And he was like legitimately scared that Hogan was going to lose the WWF title to him, you know? I mean, that's, you, you can't say that nowadays, you know? Like, I, I mean, we look at Bray Wyatt, who I guess would probably be like the closest thing to a Kamala-esque character you know um do you think that he's going to beat braun Strowman this sunday i don't think so or next sunday you know no i don't think so but you know here you have hulk hogan who is um much much more over babyface than braun Strowman is and uh you know mike johnson has the as the kid worrying about hogan's title and and his mm-hmm. well-being you know so it's it, it it's a different world, you know. <laughs> it's a different presentation, and I, I'm not completely convinced that that type of characterization could work today just because of where we are. Yeah. Societally, but also as wrestling fans. But in his in his prime, in his opportunities, man, it's, it's unfortunate he didn't make the money he should have made. You know, he wasn't treated the way he, he should have been treated. No, um, he certainly wasn't. And it's it's really encouraging that you share that information. They didn't just hit their goal; they passed their goal. I mean, that's a yeah. that's a significant number. Now, let, let's it's be a clear. lot of money, especially yeah. especially during a, a rough period for a lot of people. You know, I I'm out of work right now. Um, it's you know because of COVID nineteen. You know, 
Uh, I work in the uh, the theater business in New York City, and we're not having any performances, which means we're not selling any tickets. So yeah, that's why when we re uh, when we we restarted uh, recording, that was because I had a little bit extra time on my hands. I was working from home. Uh, now that's not even happening, you know. So uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are not working and they're on unemployment, and here. You know, it, it's it's very encouraging to see uh, people helping out other people when they can like this. You know what? He touched a lot of lives. Um, you you talked about Mike Johnson's experience. There are a lot of people that had that similar experience. Or like me when I was a little boy, I always wondered, you know, they have these managers. Are they, How do they feed them? How do they travel around with them? Do they get on airplanes? How does he get on with the spear? You know, because yeah. you're you're a kid. You, you You're not fully logically thinking yeah you're not um, thinking that he's just gonna put on a t-shirt and jeans after he uh goes to the back and showers up and leaves you know yeah exactly uh, or iron mike sharp he's still showering um yeah but yeah in, in all seriousness you know rest in peace but it's good to see there are still decent people in the world even when they're dealing with stuff that they dig deep when they don't have much to give but you know what um a little bit thrown together from many sources can make a lot and so yeah i'm I'm. anytime a family member is lost it's hard but it's good to see that people are reaching out to them and meeting the needs that they have in, in this time so so yeah so i think that's all we've got for this week uh right do you have anything else i don't have anything else but i have to get off here shortly and start working for next week because next week's going to be big yeah so, uh, as previously advertised, uh, we'll be back next week, same time, same place, when uh, we'll take a look at our next NXT alum, uh, Charlotte. So, for Scott Tyson, I'm Mark Goins. Uh Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Heyo Radio is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The songs used throughout the show are properties of the respective copyright holders.